Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. Hey Geekscape, it's Jonathan the Podfather here. And when I first started Geekscape back in 2006, it was just a podcast, but then it grew into a podcast network and a community. And the whole plan was to turn it into a production company so we could make cool films and TV ideas and all sorts of stuff for you guys. We'll always be doing the podcast, but right now I want to let you guys know that we're running a Seed and Spark campaign for one of our first original productions. And this is a co-production with Dweeb Darlings and Fonco Studios called Stocking LeVar. It's a continuation of the web series Stocking LeVar. If you go online, go to YouTube or dweebdarlings.com and look for Stocking LeVar and you guys will find a pretty fun two seasons of this show. We're going to make a short film out of it, but we're going to need your help. So go to seedandspark.com, search Stocking LeVar, as in LeVar Burton, and you'll find our project. Listen, if you can't donate, it's okay. Just follow and share. That'll help us out a whole lot. And then if you can donate, as some of your fellow Geekscapers have, we'd appreciate that too. The campaign's going to be running for a while, so I really, really appreciate you guys checking it out, and enjoy the rest of this show. Remember like a month ago when Brian talked about all the jizz that he got in his pants at night? <laughs> well, it turns out it formed a baby, and it's called The Kindred. It came out in 1987, and it was picked by Scott. So, Scott, you've been pushing for this for a very long time, and here yeah. we are. Yeah. And uh, this movie was fun as shit. I almost wish that you had put it off for another year so oh I could have just watched watch the pristine DVD or Blu-ray that apparently is finally coming out. Yeah, yeah as opposed to it's been it's they've been saying that for a year. You sent us that that link, and they they've been like, "Yeah, we finally got the rights. It'll be out in 2018." Yeah, it, well, it's it's at the, by this point, it's like August of 2018. <laughs> yeah, we're we're more than half the way done with the year. I, it's still possible. I'm just saying, it's still possible. They, That'd be a wonderful I, Christmas <laughs> present for me. I think that they're taking because it is Severin, man. Severin takes the time to like make sure that that DVD is worth the thirty five dollars that they're going to charge you. Oh for yeah, it. and you know they're getting like <laughs> interviews with the people that haven't worked since being in this movie, and <laughs> like um, shout out to Severin for being cool as shit. 
So I made a slight mistake while watching The Kindred. So I need you guys to fill a, fill a, a gap in my oh, brain. You, I thought you were going to say fill a hole, and I was like, we're here for you. Yeah, I, <laughs> I almost did, and I was like, oh, that's not going to be a good word for me to use. Um, so I was like, okay, I bet that this movie is going to be like a little bit of a slow burn, and I had like something that I needed to do real quick that was going to take like three minutes. So I was like, I'll hit play, I'll handle that thing, and then I'll come back. And there's like a car crash and like explosions and all this shit at the start of the movie. But I don't know if it ever comes up again. What was the purpose of the first four minutes of this movie? So what it was, was showing that the, uh, pretty much the ambulance driver was in on these kidnapping of the brain dead babies, which you see when he goes to the guy's house. That's all it was, was they crashed into him. The guy told him to get out. He had to punch him in the face to make it real. And then he threw, money on him much like you do when you sleep with a woman you punch her in the face <laughs> sprinkle some dollars on her and then leave <laughs> okay so Poor i was Jane. like i was like what the fuck <laughs> i think it doesn't help that all of the guys in this movie kind Look of have same. a similar yeah they have a similar haircut so i couldn't tell who was who a lot um yeah. if they remade yeah. this movie in 2018 they would all just have the the barbershop cut you know like the side part that i've got um yeah. <laughs> like, i thought you were gonna say if they remade this movie in 2018 they just get eddie murphy to play them all no. <laughs> is he still working no it'd be I'm tyler sure. perry no yeah that's exactly yeah you beat me to it you're the, you're the kindred yeah. <laughs> oh my god anthony's coming out Hello. <laughs> um, so we'll start with the Dr. John stuff then. So the movie kicks off with Dr. John visiting his mother on her deathbed. And she's like, I'm dying because of all the experiments I did. So destroy everything. All of it. It needs to go. Also, I had a son. His name's Anthony. <sighs> and then she's like, oh. <laughs> um, so, so John, this is like a thing that kind of bothered me in this movie with John. Your mom's dying words is like, I've got a son that no one knows about. You've got to help him. And then his interpretation of that is to ask everybody, yo, what's the deal with Anthony? And they're like, I don't know any fucking Anthony. And just puts so many people on the scent of what his mom was up to. <laughs> like, uh, so he tells uh, Dr. Lloyd about it. And we know that Dr. Lloyd's not a great guy. Because he takes the ambulance driver and feeds him to the cast of Basket Case 2 in the basement. <laughs> so so that, was, that was like one of my favorite scenes because he was just like, one thing my daddy never taught my One thing my daddy taught me, never cross a man with killer eyes. And he's like, you think I have killer eyes? Yes, I do. But enough about that. I'll lead the way to this dark, safe-looking thing in the basement. <laughs> well, and if we know anything about Brian, we know it's that he's constantly thinking about getting murdered by serial killers. So yes. um, you would not find yourself in this situation. Absolutely not. You think people think I'm a gentleman because I always let someone walk in the door first? <laughs> and it's like, no, no. If that door is booby trapped, they're going out. You're sa yeah. you're saved. Yeah, absolutely not. No, Jade, you walk in first because I know I left the milk out last night and you're not happy with me. Um, so, so we have a cute dog alert at the five minute mark, just FYI. Yes. And it looks uh, like yeah. a dog with uh, Beetlejuice. I've got some beef with you, Scott. What? I'll get there shortly. I Okay, uh, so I've seen this movie three times now and I forget every single time. Yeah. Uh, so John visits Dr. Lloyd 
and he who doesn't know who Anthony is because again, secret son. Um, <laughs> but this leads to Lloyd to visit his mom in the hospital and be like, "Yo, bitch, what's up with this Anthony shit I've been hearing about?" And she's like. I'm going to tell John about you, but I'm going to die before I can. Um, Doesn't he, like, choke the shit out of her first? No, I think she just dies. He doesn't doesn't choke her. He, like, untakes – he takes her off, like, the life support or something. He doesn't let her call for the nurse. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the call button that he takes from her. And then she's overwhelmed and her heart stops. I was going to say, like, otherwise, it's just bad timing. (laughs) (laughs) She died by a terrible case of bad timing. Okay, so you know how everybody becomes a fucking saint when they're dead? How people Mm -hmm. venerate the dead? This mom did horrible genetic experiments, but this priest is like, she's with the angels or some shit like that. And I'm like, man, no, she's burning in hell. Like, (laughs) I don't even believe in hell, but she deserves to go there. So, so here's the thing, though. How many people knew about the horrible genetic experiments? Well, by the funeral, everybody. Because <laughs> he went up to the pastor. He's like, you know about my deformed brother, Anthony, that my mom has to tell about? Uh, and that's where he meets Melissa, who, like, is just like, oh, yes, your mom was – I was her biggest fan. And he's like, oh, well, then you should come to her house with me and help me clean the place up. You don't, you don't seem suspicious at all. So – this is my note. It was a stream of consciousness. Oh no. If it wasn't for the fact that Scott picked this, I'd be pretty confident that dog's about to die. <laughs> oh no, that dog died. What the fuck, Scott? Look, listen, I if anybody hates dog deaths, it's me. But I can look past it if they're as comical as that one, because it just looked like Fozzie Bear getting pulled off stage with the shepherd's game. <laughs> like it just looked like that dog had a bad bit and they're like, alright, get off. <laughs> So my actual note for that is, God damn it, Anthony, don't you dare eat that dog. But, uh, he did. And I forget every time because that dog is cute AF. It is. But, but that dog also is – there's a huge problem in this movie. And what this problem – like plot hole-wise in this movie is that no one ever acknowledges that people are missing. Never. Yeah. It's never yeah. brought up that the dog's gone. When the watermelon kills a girl – they never oh bring God, up the fact that she never, she never came back. Like, it's yeah. just... Yeah, didn't she just go on a beer run or something? Yeah, she was... <laughs> <laughs> and it's like three days later, no one's like, yo, where's Susan? Yeah. <laughs> like, now, don't, don't try and sully my appreciation for this film, <clears throat> because you are right now. Um, man, <laughs> I just want to say, again, this movie rules, and it's so sad that... So the, here's my backstory of seeing it. It was I because th- as everyone knows, I don't pay to watch the movies that we would do for this this show. So if I don't already own them, I look for them on YouTube, and if they're not or or Shutter or Netflix, whatever. Ninety nine percent of the time, I can find them on YouTube because they're all in like legal limbo, and yeah. that's what the kindred is. And so we all watched the the um, shitty VHS rip on YouTube. And it's it was such a nostalgia boner for me. I fucking love watching VHS rips. Uh, but anyway, I found it because I was watching something else for Horror Movie Night like a year or two ago, at least a year ago. And it came up and I was like, oh, the Kindred. I remember this cover, like the box art, but I don't – I never saw it. And I watched it and I remember like messaging Matt like, dude, this movie fucking rules. Um 
And so all three of us actually watched it like this because it, it's been forgotten, but it's such a good movie. It's so great. It really is. It really I, it's is. really fun. It's, I don't want, I don't want, me to, yeah, like, like I don't that, want me poking holes to come off as like, I dislike this movie. I had a blast watching this movie. Well, you absolutely ruined this movie for me, Matt, in the intro. Because I took this movie as probably what it was meant to be, which is like his mom took his blood to make Anthony. But yeah. when you had to bring up my jizz story, it just <laughs> makes me think that she came into his bedroom and was like, can I take some of you? And he's like, sure. She's like, okay, pull out your balls. Let me stroke your balls. Yeah, it just turns into an Adam Sandler bit. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit. Rub me a cock and balls for mama. Yeah, you're beautiful, honey. You're beautiful. Some sandwiches? <laughs> So, Man, well, you know, I haven't listened to that stupid ass CD in like dude, 25 years. I will tell you this, at least 50% of the Adam Sandler CDs still hold up. And then at least 50% you're like, okay, I'm not 12 anymore. But <laughs> dude, some of them are so funny. Joining the cult is still so fucking funny. <laughs> my personal favorite has always been the uh, old man balls. Oh my god! Just the the water park part gets me every yeah. time. It's just this big floppy balls bounce around. Holy Jesus! I wanted to lick them. <laughs> Fuck you guys for judging me. I am what I am. And I, as childish as it is, Tollbooth Willie will always be fucking. Uh, I'm also a big fan of Fatty McGee. <laughs> no more stairs. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Is all just, you can say the title of one of his stupid ass skits uh, that I haven't heard for two decades. And I'm like, remember right back there. I'm in the junior high library listening (laughs) to stupid ass Adam Sandler CDs with my best friends laughing my ass off about the goat. I'm pretty sure at Monster Mania we quoted sex or weightlifting for like two straight minutes. I think we may have. If we didn't, we should have because that (laughs) – we should have talked about that during Death Spa. <laughs> believe, believe it or not, um, Adam Sandler was like the first city I related to as a child. No, which that is why makes I because my dad made me play sports, and when I heard right field, I was like, "This is actually what my life is like every Saturday." <laughs> He's just like, "That's so good. That skit's so good." Between him in the game and his inner monologue, where he's like, "This guy sucks." Dear God, please don't hit me. <laughs> yeah. God, please. Oh, throw the ball, you retard. <laughs> So here's a quick question that we should probably save for a Growing Up Kelly episode. But so, Brian, your father made you play baseball, made you play yeah. sports. Did Matt get out of the sports? I got uh, it worse than anybody. No, yeah. Was- my my dad wanted a son and he never got one. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that might be next the next Growing Up Kelly. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So so – I'll get us back to, to where we were in the movie. So right before the dog death, the main guy, who I didn't even write down anybody's names, um, the, the, the main John. guy. John, John okay, Melissa, and John's insecure girlfriend, Sharon. Okay, so that's I wanted to talk about Sharon. She comes home. She comes back to his childhood home. They go up to his bedroom, and it's full of science equipment. And he goes, <laughs> my mother said she was going to continue her re- research, but not to this extent. And then in parentheses, I have glad I brought the group. And I can't remember if that was actually in the movie. But then the yeah. girlfriend is like, 
saying that she wishes that the science stuff wasn't in there so that they could fuck. And I was just like, yeah. calm down. Your teenage sex fantasies <laughs> can wait. We need to do science. Um, but it's just so weird. How many takes do you think that scene was? Because One. they were so oh, – I don't know because they were so over it when he's just like, we have a lot of people coming to help. I'm sure Jessica can help you. Hey, now. <laughs> he just yeah. says, hey, now. <laughs> so defeated. Hey, yeah, no. but then then the the friends start showing up, and the one guy is trying to quit smoking, and so he's got like the Pelzer cigarette dispenser from Gremlins One. Um, <laughs> yeah, he looks like um, he looks like Sid Vicious Thirty Days Sober, the guy <laughs> smoking, and that oh. dude lives. Yeah. You know, actually, you know who he looks like. I just realized this. Bit of a deep cut. He's the like quote unquote cool guy from Ghoulies that's like walking around with the sunglasses the whole fucking movie. I haven't seen Ghoulies since I was seven. (laughs) (laughs) I was about to say, it's been like a year since I watched it and I can't even remember. (laughs) It's not a good movie. It's no Ghoulies 2 where Ghoulies goes to college. No, it's no Ghoulies 2. It really (laughs) stops there. I demand a Ghoulies Critters crossover. I demand it. It's too dusty. We already had Demonic Toys versus um, uh, Dom and Puppet Master. Puppet Master versus Demonic Toys. It didn't work out. In that? Yeah, that didn't live up to the hype. <laughs> no, okay, I mean, the puppets looked awful. It didn't yeah, look anything they, like they, it was It's movies. like they burnt every one of the good puppets from Demonic Toys, and they were like, let's remake them, but let's let five-year-olds design them. And yeah. they just gave everybody putty, and they are like, sure, make these with, with <laughs> clay. They were terrible. Yeah, it was awful. But then, so back to the kindred. So the girlfriend is still horny. She's still trying to bang him. And then the smoker guy kisses Doc Melissa and doesn't like the taste. And I'm like, is it because she tastes like cigarettes? No, it's because she tastes like fish. Why are you talking about shrimp? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I, I actually do really like the fact that it's never explained. And that is, you know, more so than people just kind of getting killed off and nobody caring where they are. The bigger issue that I have is that, so Melissa has the same genetic disorder somehow where she has the um, uh, hemocyanin. I actually yeah. did write it down. So hemocyanin, which is a real thing. I looked it up. I, I don't think it really works like the pseudoscience in this film, but <laughs> how does she have the same disorder? Is it that she was somehow, exposed to it and then has this thing where she needs injections or else she'll turn into a fish person. I I wish that would have kind of been discussed more because it was such a cool third act. Like, Oh my God, she's a fish person and blah, blah, blah. But, and that, that transformation is great because a lot of times we don't get a half transformation and then they die. We get like a full transformation and then they come after people, but we got this half transformation, which really looks absolutely torturous very and, yeah very cool looking like that, yeah. that scene was very fucking cool uh there was one time where we got a half half transformation and then the person died scott luke skywalker in the guy <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i would i would argue that that was a full transformation because although he's like kill me it's still he's like pretty much completely a a, a cockroach man Oh, wait, so, Jose, I want to read I want to read this one line uh, before we get too far from the scene where it happens. Please tell me uh, it's the same one. Th- this is not a direct quote for the movie, but it's my version of this quote, which is, yo, this boring ass lullaby is really sweet. Can you throw it on a mixtape for me sometime? <laughs> wow. 
I thought you were going to say his pickup line, which is, I promise I will never kiss anyone uglier than you, which I oh, thought was oh, awesome. Man, I love that. I, that is literally the next note that I have written down. <laughs> we're, I think we're at the part, though, where the, the um, watermelon attack, right? The, yeah. the tentacles under the skin are so good. You know when yeah. we had to watch Body Melt and there were tentacles under the skin, they look like shit? This is awesome. I don't disagree. This was really fucking cool looking. Yeah, I loved it. And, and, and then um, then we find du- dude, I don't know his name, but one some dude finds Duke the dog in the barn and we get a full on shot of Anthony and then the burrower under the hay. And it's just like such a perfect creature feature. Yeah, I. but again, I, I have a note that I wrote down, which was a little bit of me bitching about the way that I watched it. But I, I had a note where it says, Anthony appears to be a, a massively awesome practical effect that I wish I could actually see properly on this rip. <laughs> I think <laughs> it's, although I think that that kind of is good, where you don't see him complete, full, until the, well, and you almost don't see the full creature until the very, at the very but, end either. I, I would put money down. This is like one of the few things where I feel like I have a good guarantee here. I think one of the goals when when Severin actually does get this DVD out is that when this thing is restored to like a good HD quality, that you're going to get a really good look at that creature. Yeah, and I think it's going to look awesome. Like it looks oh, like yeah, it yeah. was a lot of time and care put into it. Yeah, and I, I wish know, I could I can't see wait. it. Yeah, the little baby one looks so cool too. But I just kept waiting oh, for it to get yeah. up and sing "Ragtime Gal." Like the <laughs> end of you know, yeah, yeah, in space balls. <laughs> yes. Yeah, oh my god. Um hello my baby. Oh man, that's actually a really good reference that I had not thought of, but I love when Melissa goes to the basement and then it's like coming out of the, the all the, the jar and then she like s- snaps his fingers off and then she just leaves it. It's alive, you know, like a, <laughs> she's a bad person who deserves to die and then she does. Well, but so that's that's a question though that I actually have is like there's a couple Anthony's, right? We've established that. There mm-hmm. are like 15 of them. But like here's my question and maybe this was going to be addressed in Kindred 2 if they ever got around to making it. You know like the Anthony that kills the girl through the watermelon, I don't think he ever comes back. You know what that's I mean the, like that's, that's the one that I I believe that that Anthony is the one that killed the dog, right? Po- yeah, I think so. And but then that one like, dies in the car. Okay, it died in the. I was gonna say because like, is it but just out in the Anthony, wild now? Like, <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure that that one died in the car or drowned. Well, no, it wouldn't have drowned because they can they're they're amphibious. But um, I'm guessing that that one died, and then the Anthony was actually the big one that that man at the very when we get to the end, I just cannot wait to gush over the that final gooey ass scene but i think that's anthony and then the ones in the basement were other failed experiments and i'm guessing also that the mutants in the basement at the beginning were a similar kind of experimentation and they're all dead too yeah yeah so i have i mean we've covered most of the notes that i have as i'm looking at stuff from later on we kind of talked about it earlier on um but did when you guys are watching this did it stop mid-movie for a commercial because Mine did. And no, because I had it on the app. I watched okay. it on the app. It connected to my. Because um, I was TV. watching it on my, I was watching on my computer, and then like forty-five minutes into it, it just stops for like a random commercial break. And I thought, really? Like you have you dro- so much, 
Someone's yeah, someone's trying some to make money revenue. off of watching the, the, the kindred. <laughs> the kindred. <laughs> yeah, but in two years, they're gonna get a, a check from YouTube for a dollar and twenty eight cents. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> it's not even enough to go rent the kindred. No, on, I don't even think that they. I don't think you can rent it. I don't I'm think pretty so, sure that no. we went looking for it and couldn't even find like a. I think this is the only copy uh, is the yeah. one on YouTube. Or an $80 VHS currently. That was the thing. I was trying – because I don't like watching it on YouTube and stuff. I, I want to be able to put it on the TV and, like, really take in the whole movie and not be – I'm just easily distracted if I'm in front of my computer. And yeah. Yeah, It's I, so funny that you talk, you've talked about that before, and I just don't – I don't get it because – and this is also something. I've been listening to a lot of um, Postmortem with Mick Garris. Uh, he's the guy that <laughs> wrote and directed Critters 2, uh, and he's just – he's the best. He's just the shit. Uh, I love the – He, he also that. directed Sleepwalkers. Come on now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I just didn't want to say anything about it because I, I feel like we might have been a little bit meaner about Sleepwalkers than we were on Critters 2. Um, <laughs> but uh, he is just such a fun dude. He's like so many – so many people that – you listen to interviews, you know, if you listen to shockwaves or if you listen to sound, uh, uh, score to death, a lot of the people, those are my three big horror podcasts that I listen to because they're interview style. And I'll, so many people that have, that worked on horror in the eighties uh, in particular, were kind of just doing it because there was money there, not because they love horror movies. And, um, Mick Garris fucking loves horror movies. And so we get like a really nice uh, that other side of it where he is always kind of defending genre film instead of saying it as an apology, which is a lot of people that talk about it. Like Richard Band always seems like, yeah, it was there. I mean, and I love I love Richard Band's music, but I also have a real hard time with that. Like Dee Wallace is is kind of ambivalent when I talked to her at at, uh, Cinema Wasteland, but like when I talked to PJ Souls, she was like, "Oh, I don't, I hate horror." It's <laughs> like, "Oh shit, sorry." So this was like, um, and this is going to date the recording of this just a little bit. But the other day, they released the Halloween trailer for the yeah. new Halloween movie, and me and my coworkers were talking about it. And I said, "You know, between a quiet place, this new Halloween movie, which is written by Danny McBride, and which is wild and, to think that's just yeah, crazy." But, but and get out, it seems like the people who are really doing horror correctly are comedic people. Yeah. Because Which they is, understand pacing mm. and and how to like build to a punchline better. And you just replace punchline with scare and they already have the mechanics of how to properly set it up. Yeah. Um Yeah, and that's really funny because cool. Mick Garris was talking about that. I don't remember who he was interviewing, but he was talking about how scare timing and comedic timing are very well interwoven. And But the reason I mentioned Mick Garris was he was talking about how it's hard to watch movies at home and stay focused because we have a computer or we have a pocket computer, you know, our phones. And so I'm making a very dedicated effort, even for horror movie night stuff, stuff that I've seen before or stuff that I know is kind of silly to stay immersed in it. You know, I'll take yeah. notes, but... And I take notes on a computer, but I, I I think that if I can actively tell myself, okay, don't fuck with your phone, okay, don't check Facebook, don't read Reddit while you're watching movies, it 
makes for a more nostalgic it not nostalgic in the true sense but more like i remember the way it was before smartphones and really prevalent computers where i would rent three movies on a friday night and i would watch them bam 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 and they are always horror movies i would go and get it was three for three at the video store i worked at and i would just burn through i would watch what like five hours six hours of horror movies uh, that would be yeah. my friday night people would be like out they would go out and see a movie in theaters and then they would go like get dinner or you know snacks or something afterwards at some fast food restaurant and they'd be like do you want to come see this movie and i'd be like not really you know i it, i a lot of to- a lot of my time growing up was me knowing that i am kind of introverted and needing i needed to have time to myself and so i would just hole up in my room for a friday night i'd make like okay i need to i i, I need to see people on saturday night but that means that then friday night is just me time and I would watch like a shitload of movies. And so I'm trying to go back to that. And mm-hmm. I think that Mick Garris has a good point there. That's that, I, that, And that came up because that whole tangent is because Matt was saying like he gets very easily distracted. Matt. That's why I do my notes by hand. Anyway, back to the kindred. Yeah. <laughs> so the best part of the movie now, right? The, the, oh. the, the end where we actually get to see full on what, what Anthony looks like. In his in his like eight foot tall glory, and then they throw they throw like a depth charge at him in his mouth. A depth charge, it's electricity. I can't fucking remember. It, it, yeah. it because it it explodes, and so I keep thinking like it's an it's it's some sort of explosive, but it, it's just electricity, right? It doesn't matter. But then it's I love the fact that you see that, and they could have just gotten away with an exploding cast, right? Mm-hmm. or you know filled with goop which is what any normal movie would have been it would have ended the movie and it would have been like ah oh. but no they decide that he's going to get exploded from the inside out and then there's going to be a human form inside of it pulling the um, electrical cord out of its mouth and as it does that it's disintegrating and it's breaking its jaw and chest open it is so incredibly gory and gooey I mean, it's not gore. It's gory like if you smashed a bug. It's not actual yeah. blood, but it is – that is easily one of my favorite creature effects I think I've ever seen. And that's ex- that part right there is exactly why I've been wanting to pick this movie for the podcast since I saw it because it's just so creative and really actually pretty horrifying that behind all that monstrous outer part, the mom did kind of succeed by making a human inside there, but then it disintegrates into goop. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought, then, I thought that scene was fucking awesome. And then we get more babies that need to get exploded in the basement. So it's like this movie just keeps on giving. Yeah. Cause you thought it was over. It's not over. There's <laughs> one's more Anthony's, but I also, before they electrocuted them, I completely forgot about the um, maybe because I watched this in a few increments, so I forgot about like the Snow White style song that calms Anthony. So I genuinely thought when they grabbed the boombox and he says, "I have an I- idea," I'm like, "They're going to kill this monster with rock and roll repossessed style, <laughs> and it's going to ruin the entire movie." I wouldn't do that to you. I'll give you dog deaths, but I won't give you repossessed, all right? Or like how the Goonies fought that that squid with rock and roll. Yeah. That didn't happen in the version I've ever seen. 
Yeah, that's Brian. Cool. Brian can back me up though. We've I seen. I trust you. <laughs> so so what happened? I found it out. Cause I found out because I rented it uh, at a friend's sleepover, and I was like, a lot of this stuff's missing. So the copy that we had was a rip um, from Disney Channel. We we recorded it from that it was playing on Disney Channel, and because there's not a lot of scenes edited, but because there was some scenes edited, the edited version that they put on TV was actually had a bunch of deleted scenes, just random stuff like even them at the uh, the store. In the one part is like a irrelevant deleted scene, but it's not in the actual uh, theatrical release. And the, the octopus thing, yeah, is not in the movie. It's a deleted <laughs> scene that they put because they had to cut out shit twice. They're like, let's fill up <laughs> this octopus thing. That's our fun fact for the day about Goonies. All right. Well, uh, anything else that we want to talk about with this? No, I just I think it was a good movie. I think that ninety uh, percent of the, at least since I've been on the show, this is the first movie that I would actually suggest people that listen to this podcast to watch. There's some <laughs> like kind of like no goofy scenes. No, do not watch Bugs. Bug is a bad movie. <laughs> do not watch Bugs. <laughs> but there's some like scenes that you can riff on. You know, like when the kid AMA's from the hospital. It's very like Three Stooges style, where he like knocks them over with a fucking. Uh, whatever those things are that you wheel dead people with. But aside from that, it's like a a A gurney. gurney. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, He throws the gurney in front of the doctors, which I work in a hospital style setting. No one cares if you want to leave that bed. You just feel like, (laughs) Hey, you shouldn't do that. You leave. That's it. But as far as like, I was, I feel like it's disrespectful to this movie that we did it almost. I think it's a genuinely good horror movie. But that's, that's the thing I is that, that. The, I, that's what you don't understand. And I I know that there's a, a serious learning curve being a full-time co-host on Horror Movie Night. And also for listeners, like, we don't just pick really shitty horror movies. It's mostly just stuff that gives us that it's, – it's a lot of really, like, light horror and a lot of mm-hmm. body horror and gooiness. But it's not that we just pick bad horror movies. It's that your brother picks bad horror movies and makes yeah. you watch well, them. No, don't say that. Some of them have been good. But uh, the way the way I always worded it was that the show celebrates the movies that we know weren't as good as our nostalgia makes us believe it. Like Except like for this think- one. This one is better than like nostalgia. Maybe my nostalgia is making me like it more, but yeah. man, I just I love but this movie. I, I, I always felt like horror movie night, even when we're trashing the movie, it's still a celebration of like eighties and nineties nostalgia growing up. Yeah, because like agreed. very, very rarely is it a movie that we pick that wouldn't have been a movie we would have watched with our friends at like a sleepover on a Friday night. Like very rarely is it not one of those types of films. Yeah, very until true. until your next pick, Brian, you ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, I, it's a learning curve and I wish I would have <laughs> learned before I put 30 really bad horror movies on my watch list. You know, you're allowed to delete them. Nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please do. If you want I, I, me to do it for you, I will. Look, there is something that I'm not going to give away, but it involves uh, a werewolf and Congress that I am not <laughs> taking off the list. Oh, no, no. I I am. I don't even care that we don't talk about 60s horror movies. That title has me intrigued. <laughs> yeah. Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! 
You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. Hey guys, we'll be right back at that episode in just a second, but I wanted to take a couple minutes, not even a minute, less than a minute, probably about... 30 to 45 seconds, I believe, is the length of the instrumental that Scott recorded that you're hearing underneath me. Scott's great. You should listen to all of his music. I just wanted to let you guys know that if you haven't already, head up over to patreon.com backslash HMN podcast. And if you are donating $5, you can listen to our new bonus episode, and it is on UHF. You can also listen to the back catalog of episodes. We're up to four Patreon bonus episodes now. We've talked about Turbo Kid and the Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension and the Nicolas Cage Wicker Man and this month, as I've already said, UHF. Now, back to the episode. So what did you guys watch this week? Uh, Let me start it off. Let me start it off here. I only got one. Um, well, I finished Ash vs. Evil Dead Season 3. I already said something about that. And, oh, man, what a great, great show. Um, arguably the best horror TV show ever mm. for me. I, I mean, it's just – it hits better all Better than the, Todd? Yeah, absolutely better oh, than Todd. Wow. Yeah, I, I loved Todd, but I feel like the rewatch factor of – Ash versus Evil Dead because I could start season one all over again right now and it's only been like um, two months since I watched the first season it's so good and Bruce Campbell still not my favorite I still prefer Jeffy Combs but Bruce Campbell just kills it and I love it also reminded me why I loved horror growing up I grew up in a small town so much horror has kind of gotten away from that small town vibe and that's why I loved Halloween and 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 Nightmare on Elm Street and all those movies where they are in small towns like Evil Dead is he's it's it's all set in Elk Grove, Michigan. I love Midwest horror. It's so much better yeah. because it 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 preys on what always scared me, which is like, what are your neighbors really? You know, kind of like the burbs, right? I was yeah. going to say, that's why you love the burbs so much. Yeah, it is. But Ash vs. Evil Dead season three was so good. Um, I think that they wrapped up the series very well. I really wish we could have gotten a fourth season to do what they kind of joking. I think that they knew that they were going to be done after season three when they were writing it. Um, I wish that I could see those characters go forward into what they had planned. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, um, but absolutely watch it. It is so good. But I, um, I also started Bates Motel and I hated it. We watched the first episode, Megan and I watched it together and I messaged I don't know if I messaged both of you or just you, Matt. Um, and I said, hey, so we started watching Base Motel. I'm not feeling it. And you you told me what the, the whole point of the show is. And I, I have no desire. I, I fucking hate the concept. And I hate the fact that it is in modern day. And I, I mean, the, the acting is fine, but it's just, no. No, the pacing sucks. <laughs> Speaking of shitty pacing, 
I watched a movie as well. It's a Shutter exclusive, and it has the main guy who plays David in um, John Dies at the End. I, actually, oh, I still need to see that. I finally finished the book. Okay, so you're going to be really disappointed by the movie. <laughs> entertaining in a Don Coscarelli way, and I do think that it's Phantasmverse, but John Dies at the End is such a better book. And if you want a copy of um, this book is full of spiders, I will lend you my copy or just give you a copy because it's better than John Dies at the End. But so it's the guy that plays David in John Dies at the End, the film, and the woman who plays Amy in John Dies at the End, the film. And it's called Sequence Break. And it is um, very firmly in the Beyond the Gates kind of 80s horror pastiche, uh, trying to hit that nostalgia with Synthwave. And uh, it's about like a killer um, uh, arcade game. But it's Ooh. in modern time. I know it's not be like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's like Evil Speak, but not good. Um, I think Brian was referring to when we made him watch Arcade. Arcade? Yeah. No, it's it's so much worse than Arcade. It's like if Arcade and Videodrome had a baby, but the baby was a tortoise. That's how bad the pacing was. Um, I appreciate the the style of the movie. And I appreciate the fact that it was it seems like it was a very small budget film and I want them to do well, but it's not for me. Um I felt like the 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 script was very, very weak. Um that's and, and I I want my hour and forty minutes back. So don't watch it. No, but listen to the soundtrack because it's pretty fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wish you would have. Well, it didn't actually work out, but I'm glad that you brought up uh, Bates Motel because I that was actually on my list of things that I was interested in checking out, and now I don't want to. You really don't want to, man. It is. It is. If it was like a period piece, do it uh-huh. could do the same thing. But if it was in 1955 or something like that, or 1950, you know, just it would be post-war. It would be. Everybody wearing period outfits. If they could have done Mad Men meets Hitchcock, that would have been the best fucking show ever. But yeah. it's not. It is not that at all. It's modern day. The, the The kid who plays Norman Bates looks like Norman Bates, but he has a very punchable face because he's always like half crying. Um, and, and the woman who plays his mother is pretty good. I, like I said, I only watched one episode, but she's pretty good at being a domineering mom and everything. But I just – it grates on me. I, I couldn't handle it. I, I, I And also the first episode has a violent rape in it. And so I was like, nope. I'm yeah, not I'm, not a, I'm not a rape guy. No, I would hope not. not. <laughs> yeah. I know I'm against the popular opinion, but I am not a fan of rape. <laughs> <laughs> uh when Scott asked me if I had seen Bates Motel, I think my answer was the TV show or the TV movie from the 80s. Um, <laughs> and you're the only person that knew that there was a TV movie from yeah. the 80s, including people it, that were in it. Yeah, it's, it's dude, <laughs> yeah, they, it's so bad. It was, forget. Yeah. So it's starring Bud Kurt, who was uh, Harold in Harold and Maude. And ah. the concept and the concept is that he purchases the Bates Motel. 
and it's filled with ghosts. And the concept was that they were trying to turn it into a weekly TV series where every week he helps a different ghost, uh, you know, fulfill what they've been longing to do so that they could pass on into the next generation or like into the next. So I would totally watch that if it wasn't about Norman Bates's motel. Yeah, like it was so it was so like ham fistedly brought into the concept. Oh, it's bad. I bought it. I got a copy of it when I, mean, of I bought you own the, it. <laughs> well, I bought the Star Wars. I bought the Star Wars holiday special off some dude. Oh, Jesus Christ, man! And he was like, he's like, hey man, I got a few other things if you just want them. Like it was just like random bootlegs of shit. So it's like, all right. So he sent me that. He sent me let my puppets come the all puppet porno. <laughs> <laughs> Is that on VHS or DVD? Uh, it's on a burnt DVD, but it's definitely a VHS rip. So I'll get that over to Steven. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, Brian, what did you watch this week? So I showed Jade, I was, we were just looking for a movie to watch and I was like, I need to go to bed. So I was like, here, I put on, this is a pretty good movie I seen. Cause she's usually annoying about not wanting to watch movies I already saw. I don't <laughs> know why. Anno- yeah. Like, annoying. Like, uh. like annoying because it's like, I, I can watch a movie more than once. She's like, I don't want to see if you haven't already seen, but she agreed to watch Scott Pilgrim. And like, that's a, that's a movie that I don't watch often. But every time I do, I'm like, I don't understand how this isn't like my top five favorite movies. Like, I think Scott Pilgrim it's, is such an awesome movie. It's I a great love movie, Edgar Wright. It, yeah. It's, it's a I, fantastic adaptation as well, I think. Yeah. Like, yeah. I love that movie, but I don't, think that it's like, I don't think that it's – it's one of those movies that I want to like more than I do. And I really like it watching it in pieces. It's actually when I watch it all the way through that I'm like, eh. I, I I don't know, man. I love like the the thing that makes me love that movie so much is the final battle because it's just not done. Like you don't do that in a movie. You don't build up to this big final battle and just have him walking out like, oh, yeah, yeah, that was nice. He's a nice guy. We're going to go get pancakes next week. Like I think that that scene always makes that movie great for me. And I'm really excited just to throw it out there. Speaking of even though it's not an Edgar Wright movie. Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are working on their new horror comedy that looks yeah. super fucking cool. It What's looks it? Well, awesome. I haven't heard anything about it. I just knew they were doing something. What is it? What's it's the like it's like a um a boarding school that's next it's next to or on top of pretty much like this military type thing. I think it's like a boarding school for like one percenters or something like that. And pretty much all these like monsters and shit gets released into the school. And it's just oh, like a student survival. Yeah, like it just looks awesome um there's nothing shot on it there's no pictures it's just reading so the words look right. awesome but I'm, I'm, <laughs> you I'm say it sounds awesome and we yeah. would have accepted it yeah what's the thing where you look with your where you look with words sounds yeah that's it <laughs> um all right so i watched two things that i want to bring up uh i'll keep it pretty short uh one was pin which is one of my favorite movies that we'll never talk about on this show. We talked about Uh, it on Reddit Horror Club, though. We did. Um, But it's it's a damn good, like, creepy movie. Like, it's just a creepy movie. Uh, it's, it's, we were talking about, it fits in with us talking about Bates Motel, actually, because it has a very, like, Norman Bates-esque character. Uh, But just a very good, Brian, have you ever seen Pin? I feel like you would like Pin. Never saw it. Pin was fucked up. Yeah. yeah, it's fucked up. It's great. Um, and then last night I was hanging out with the Jersey Ghouls and none of them had ever seen <laughs> Phantom of the Paradise before. 
So we sat down and we watched Phantom of the Paradise and like they were I, I you know, Marissa walked away from it and was like, I kind of want to watch it again, like right now, because I yeah. feel like there's so much happening in that movie that I'm missing things and need to revisit it. And then Jackie was like, I was like, did you like it, Jackie? And she goes, I think I liked it. All I know is that it kept my attention for 90 straight minutes and I am fascinated by what I watched. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like such- that was my first watch too. Yeah, like it was just like, what is – like it's such – there is no movie. And like it's one of those movies where I had to keep reminding them like this is before Grease. This is before Rocky Horror. Like <laughs> like because there's elements where you're like, oh, they're just trying to combine these two really popular musicals. And it's like, no, this predates both of those very popular musicals. Yeah. Like, it, it's a very ahead of its time like film the songs like i just think i have a deeper appreciation for the songs in that movie every time i watch it like paul williams that may have been paul williams like best songwriting collection right oh, there it has to be I, so i as i've said multiple times i found a, that on vinyl like an original pressing of that for like 10 bucks at that record yeah. exchange i was talking about recently and that was probably the. I can just stop looking for horror vinyl because I'll, it'll. I'll never. I'll never find that again. Like the, I'll never yeah. have that good of a uh, a, a surprise. Oh, oh, man. So, so I, I listen to that se- semi regularly. I'll put it on when Megan and I are cleaning the house or something, and she loves it. She's never seen Phantom of the Paradise, but she loves the music to it. Absolutely well, loves the it. lyrics. The lyrics in that are like. Like the the hell of it, the hell of it has some of the best lyrics I think Paul Williams has ever written. It's such a dark, angry pop song. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, like, nothing nothing in that is as good as Life at Last, obviously. Yeah. But but like like the hell of it is very the one good. line. It's like even though your music lingers on, the rest of us are glad you're gone. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's just such a pissed off like angry song uh but brian i know i was trying to get you to watch it when you were out here with jade and it was just very difficult to do anything in a small 48 hour window well but I'm, I'm uh just because we could have watched it you know i didn't watch yeah. it for sake of jade um watched yeah. the poughkeepsie taste and she fell asleep five minutes in and <laughs> <laughs> well i guess she's gonna be the one that gets murdered by a serial killer yeah no, i am on top of it I will not. No, that that sounds bad. I am not going. If she gets killed, it was not me. I'm not the one that's going to murder her. <laughs> I'm saying that I, I like how this of half of this episode is half of this episode is Brian being like disclaimers, <laughs> which just makes them all the more suspicious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there's a stalker book. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so I don't like rape, and if you ever hear anything with rape in my name, just know that I am – it's not true. I don't like it, <laughs> and I don't plan on killing my girlfriend. I'll cut that. Uh, so, <laughs> so that was The Kindred from 1987 is picked by Scott. So let's play a little game. Cool. All right? So this little game is let's try to guess what movie we would have been forced to watch – if we had picked other co-hosts instead of Brian to be the permanent co-host. I mean, it's easy. Brian Berger would have made us watch Ant Farm. Ant Farm uh, Dick Hole. Dick Hole. Uh, Kyle would have made us watch the, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Next Generation. Yeah. What um, would Dylan Steven, have picked? 
Dylan probably would have picked a something like a heavy metal heavy metal horror, horror film. Yeah, Shock Him uh, Dead. He would have made us watch Shock Him Dead. Dead. Yeah, he would have made us watch Shock Him Dead as his as his first movie. And Stephen would have just done some garbage on VHS, I'm sure. And I don't know. Katie would have made us watch like Necromantic or something. But <laughs> oh my god, so glad but, we didn't pick Katie. <laughs> but somehow Brian picked the worst kickoff film I've ever, ever. seen anyone pick. So Brian. Congratulations. I'm excited to see how this goes. I paid my dollar and 25 cents to have the DVD shipped to me. I got it so. at uh, Goodwill. I got it at Goodwill. <laughs> and I know we can't say the movie, but oh, man, I don't think I bought this movie three years ago. And the reason that I and have not watched it yet is that exactly. <laughs> it's like, all right, I spent two hard earned dollars on this movie. <laughs> and. I need to. Watch. I could have had two candy bars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so tune in next week wait, to wait, see what garbage I... Brian's making us sit through. This is uh, this is in... my spoiler for the for the episode, not the spoiler, but this is my this is my uh, hint. All right, I don't want to wait. I was just gonna say that for this movie <laughs> to be over. <laughs> I was just gonna uh, sing that song too. <laughs> Uh, don't forget to contact us on HMN Podcast on Twitter, and you can hit us up on HMN Podcast on Instagram. Uh, we've got the HMNPodcast.com, which also has a link to our Patreon account, patreon.com backslash HMN Podcast, and our Facebook group. And you can email us at HMNPodcast at gmail.com. Oh, there's so many ways to contact us, and it's all easy to remember because it's the same thing. It's it's a beautiful <laughs> thing. Uh, so we'll be we'll be back next week to uh, go over all of the regret that we have for our decisions. listening to the Geekscape Network. Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.